Buy versus build is a challenge every developer faces at some point. When it comes to automation and integration, it's good to know your way around the available options before making a decision that could potentially create technical debt. This episode's guest brings some light to the pre-built options for ServiceNow Automation Engine. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Tomasi. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and curious individuals. And I say that with the utmost love and respect as always. Welcome to Breakpoint, or welcome back to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast, where we bring you the latest tools, tips, and tradecraft to accelerate your career. In this episode, I have the great pleasure of talking to Senior Director, Inbound Product Manager, Michael Miner. How are you today, Michael? Doing great, Chuck, and thanks for having me. Great to have you here. Thanks for joining uh, welcome to Breakpoint. And before I begin, I always like to do the uh, intro bio part of the show so we can get to know you a little bit better. Please share. Absolutely. So I am a senior director for Automation Engine in product management. Uh, Automation Engine comprises of Integration Hub, RPA, as well as our newest offering, which is Document Intelligence. I've been with ServiceNow for the past four months and uh, having a blast. Four months. You're a veteran at this point. Absolutely. I am totally a veteran. All right. And when you're not at work, what do you enjoy doing? Well, one of the things I enjoy, Chuck, I, I enjoy running. I was out this morning uh, doing a run and actually competed in a 5K race this past Sunday. How'd you do? Lots of fun. You know, I didn't win, but then again, I didn't expect to win. I competed against myself, and for that, I felt really good. That's the important thing people need to recognize is it is a single person it's best when you enjoy it yourself you're, you're competing against yourself that's that's the best way to run i Absolutely. only run when someone's chasing me <laughs> <laughs> now where are you located michael i am located in new jersey in a town called highland park which many people might not have heard of but it's right near edison which is a more popular neighborhood Okay. And I assume there are elements of fall starting to creep in as we record this in late September, releasing it early October? Well, it is just starting, Chuck. And we've had a really, really hot summer out here, but the weather is starting to cool off a bit. So we're seeing a glimpse of fall to, to begin. Now, the listener can't see this, but uh, you and I are talking on Zoom, and uh, we're roughly in the same age bracket. So I assume that uh, prior to this four months, you had previous employment. And uh, what did you do before you got to service now? <laughs> yeah, well, I was with Oracle before this. I actually spent uh, 25 years at Oracle. Uh, and the latest project I was working on there was Oracle Integration, which is Oracle's iPaaS solution, very similar to uh, Automation Engine and Integration Hub. Okay. So I've had a number of years of experience with the uh, application integration domain. So you know how to do it right this time. <laughs> I'm hoping to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I, tr I try not to bash on the competition, but I just like, that was your practice. 25 years of practice. Now we can do it right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we certainly made some mistakes over there. So uh, hopefully we'll fix them here. <laughs> Everyone does. All right. Fun question for you. When you were a child, what did you want to grow up to be? Oh, no question. I wanted to play baseball for the New York Yankees. That's what I wanted to be. 
And how did that work out? Did you did you like go to Little League and work your way up, or what is that story? Oh no, 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 not at all. The closest I came was uh, one time I got box seats right behind the Yankees dugout. I was so close, so close. Did that crush your dreams, or what happened to that dream? Well, I decided I needed to pivot <laughs> and try something else, and uh, so- software came calling. And so here we are at ServiceNow, living the dream. Living the dream. The sign behind you says, dream even bigger. That's right. There you go. We'll continue to do. I think we took that right out of uh, Bill McDermott's playbook. (laughs) You bet. All right. Before we jump in, you already mentioned Automation Engine and, and some other things. So let's get some definitions down. What is Automation Engine? Sure. So Automation Engine is the piece of service now that allows our customers to connect ServiceNow with other applications and systems in their ecosystem. Okay. I thought that was Integration Hub. Well, so Integration Hub is a big piece of that. Integration Hub is the piece that allows you to do that connectivity using programmatic APIs. Okay. And what if there aren't programmatic APIs? Perfect question. That's why we have our Robotic Process Automation, or RPA, which came into ServiceNow last year. So it's fairly recent. That allows you to integrate with third-party systems using user interfaces or UIs. Okay, so we got the bots. Now, you mentioned something else real quick, a new member to the family, Mm -hmm. document intelligence. That's right. So document intelligence just came out very recently, and it provides the ability to process Uh, unstructured or semi-structured documents. So if you have, let's say, invoices, purchase orders, or other types of documents, we can automatically process them to recognize fields and information in that document so that our customers don't have to manually take those documents and enter them in manually. I like this. I've seen something like this in other platforms where you scan a receipt or something and it goes, ah, here's the vendor, here's the total, here's your tip. And I'm like, oh, That's kind of cool how it 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 parses that apart. That's a use case of document intelligence? That is a perfect use case of document intelligence. And then combining that with RPA and Integration Hub, you can really put together very cool end-to-end business use cases. Yeah, the way I understand it is document intelligence will will parse that data out of there, and then you can use it in a flow. Absolutely. To say, you know, take that total, and if the total is greater than 1,000, then run to an approval and... Like, okay, now we've got some cool stuff to hook up. That's exactly right. You could take that invoice or whatever, you can load that into ServiceNow and then process it, pick out the fields that you want, and even send those fields to a third-party system if you need to. Okay, now that we know the players, this is a developer podcast, so let's, let's talk a little bit about what parts of that are low code and no code and what parts require some deeper development? Sure. Um, So the platform itself that we have is really a low code, no code platform. So when you're using it, you're going to be using what we call flow designer. And that basically Mm -hmm. gives you a palette where you can drag and drop your uh, items and form your flow that you want between ServiceNow and Salesforce or Microsoft Teams or Okta, any number of other uh, applications that you might have in your ecosystem. So it's a very low-code, no-code because it's really meant to 
you know, drag and drop visually. However, there are certain use cases where coding would come into play, where you might need a professional the developer to code that particular use case. Uh, I would say that's uh, less common. Most of the use cases that our customers need really can be driven by low code and no code. And the nice thing about that is you don't need a professional developer. You might have a business user, uh, a business user who really understands the business. They understand the use cases that need to be developed. And that same business unit user can use our platform to actually develop those end-to-end flows. Yeah, I, I'm noticing that the coding is becoming less and less on the platform in general, particularly around integrations. Uh, Earl Duque and I were just recently working on a GraphQL API, and uh, we could not get the REST step to do the GraphQL API successfully for whatever reason, we're not sure. But instead, we used a script step that effectively did the same thing and then returned the JSON to us. So it, even when you package it into an action and the action into a bundle of spokes, the consumer using it on Flow Designer is unaware of what's happening underneath, whether the complexity is there or whether you used, what step you used, was it a REST step or a script step? So it's inconsequential to the consumer of the spokes in Integration Hub anyway. Yeah, very true. I mean, the, the consumer is going to be using a set of actions that are made available through our spokes. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so they just know that they need to invoke a particular action. How that action is implemented is really underneath the covers, and the consumer doesn't even have to worry about that. Okay, we, we triggered that word, so it's a great segue into our next question. Let's work our way up in terms of those pre-built capabilities. Uh, when we spoke earlier, you had... I think it was four bullet points. We may even have a bonus. Who knows, depending on where this conversation goes. <laughs> what's, what's bullet point number one for pre-built automation engine solutions? Bullet point number one are our spokes. So a spoke is a logical grouping of related actions that know how to talk and communicate with a particular third-party system. Give me an example. So for instance, we have a spoke for... Salesforce. Mm -hmm. We have a spoke for Oracle applications. We have a spoke for Slack. So if you want to design a flow where you're posting Slack messages or incidents or problems to a Slack channel, you would use our Slack spoke. And you can design a flow that says, for instance, whenever a, an incident in ServiceNow is added or changed, let me invoke that flow and let me write a message to a particular Slack channel. I could do all of that, developing that flow using the Slack spoke that we offer. Now, we have a store full of many of these spokes. I think you'd mentioned a number around 175 pre-built spokes. We do, and constantly growing. Yes. So I think it might even be a little bit higher than 175. So there's a good chance, as our customers are building solutions, that we have a spoke for that. Yeah, check the store before you go build your own. Oh, yeah, definitely check the store. You don't want to go reinventing the wheel. Uh, but we don't have a spoke for every possible application out there. And certainly there is lots of legacy apps that we certainly don't have spokes for. But guess what? If we don't have a spoke for it, the platform allows you to build your own spoke. 
Yes, and that that was the use case that I was getting into a little while ago with that GraphQL API. That's right. That goes out to meetup.com. I don't think we have a lot of customers out there that are integrating with meetup.com, but Earl and Lauren and I need to, as advocates, to find out, hey, who's signed up for our meetups? Are they pre-registered? Do they sign in? Get the stats, get the upcoming meetups. All of that can be done, and we got to build it ourselves. Now, it's not a monumental thing. And it's something we can reuse over and over. This podcast gets released through a third-party service. They have REST APIs. I can pull that information. What are the playlists? What are the shows? What are the episodes in that show? On and on and with stats and lots of rich API structure. So uh, I kind of get a charge out of that. I like building new tools and, and integrating. I mean, my entire career has been based off of making things talk to other things. And uh, this is just another avenue to fulfill that. Yeah, absolutely. And we have a large customer base building custom spokes. It's it's huge. Uh, many of our customers are choosing to build their own spokes to various systems, like some of the probably the ones that you mentioned, like Meetup and, and other applications like that, where we they're not part of the 175 plus spokes they'd offer, but the platform does allow for that extensibility. Bullet point number two, and here's one that I often forget about, flow templates. Those are a pre-built automation thing. Yeah, so this is kind of the next level up the stack. What we were just describing, Chuck, is using a spoke and developing a, an integration flow using that spoke. Now, one level up is you don't even develop the integration. You leverage one of our pre-built flow templates. The nice thing about that is that we know some of the common use cases that our customers need. So we've packaged them into these flow templates so customers can, at the very least, get a jump start. So one example that I'll give is we have uh, our newest category, which is flow templates for service desk. Mm. So these provide pre-built flows for syncing incidents and problems and change requests between ServiceNow and service management systems such as BMC Remedy and Jira. Now, it's impossible for us to know every possible combination that our customer might want to do. So maybe that flow template is going to give our customer 80% of what they need. Maybe they have some custom fields that they introduced into ServiceNow or into BMC Remedy, which of course we wouldn't know anything about. So it's extensible that our customer can go in fully editable, they can actually modify those flows that were generated from the flow templates and tailor it to their needs. So it's kind of the 80-20. It allows them to get 80% right off the bat and fill mm -hmm. it in with the 20% of what they need. The nice thing about it is that they have a tried and true flow that other customers are using, and it gives them further confidence in terms of testing that that flow is going to uh, hold up and um, and perform the way it should. So if you're playing along at home, let me build you the, the, uh, the stack that we have so far. We've got flows that can be built off of flow templates. Those flow templates have a series of actions in them that are using spokes or that are part of a collection of actions from a spoke. So you, you'd mentioned, say, Slack, for example, or Jira. We'll take Jira because that's, that's where I wanted to go. We, some of those actions have what we call dynamic inputs. 
and they can do introspection on that remote system. So let's say one of the actions is go get me a list of projects. Obviously, you can't hard code that into an action. It goes out to Jira and says, give me the list of projects. Then when you see it on Flow Designer, when you're designing this, you pick the project because it already went out and fetched that list. That's a dynamic input. Same kind of thing if it were uh, you know, mapping fields to a table. Say, I need to go get these fields. And you went, oh, but what about all those custom fields we put on Jira? Not a problem. Dynamic inputs can take care of that. It does that introspection of a list of data or a list of fields, get the data structure, and then present it back to you in Flow Designer so that you can then use that. I, I just built one yesterday, as a matter of fact. <laughs> They're really powerful. Next is dynamic yep. outputs. <laughs> Yeah, I've used dynamic inputs recently with Microsoft Teams, saying that you might have multiple channels, and it'll say, hey, here's a list of channels that you have. Pick one. Right. So it's it's really handy. Otherwise, you're left with uh, possible misspellings, or how do, I, how do I find out what that right channel is? Is it still exactly. active? Because you know, it's dynamic data. It's going to change. Well, you, you want your integration to keep up with that. Now, after flow templates, what have you got for me? Well, the next thing I have for you, Chuck, are solutions. Okay, uh, you're going to have to clarify on that one. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be self-explanatory, so I'll go ahead and clarify. Uh, so these are really end-to-end -end solutions that are fully integrated with ServiceNow. Uh, they're really meant to be more of the 100% versus the 80%. Okay. One example is what we call Client Software Distribution, or CSD. Mm-hmm. So this is a really cool one, and we have lots of customers using CSD. Uh, this allows, uh, let's say, your employees at your company to be able to install software on their laptops. Let's take Microsoft Teams. Maybe an employee needs to install Microsoft Teams on their laptop. Okay. Well, using ServiceNow, they can log into their ServiceNow portal, and they can go to the catalog. And they can look up Teams, and they can put it in their cart and then order it. It's just like if they were using Amazon or some other. Uh, yeah, or the Google, you know, the App Store or the uh, Apple Store. Yeah, exactly. Wow, okay. Yeah, just like that. And that once they place the order, well, what happens? It's probably going to go through some approval process as defined by the company. Mm -hmm. Maybe the employee's manager needs to approve it. It's going to go and check to make sure that the company has sufficient licenses to Microsoft Teams, because obviously we don't want to be out of compliance. We're doing all that on the background? Oh, yeah. That's all part of this solution is the license compliance checking and, okay, wow. License compliance checking, it feeds into uh, Software Asset Management, or SAM, which is one of our ServiceNow applications. And when all is said and done and the thing is approved, boom, Microsoft Teams is, is installed on the employee's laptop. So really cool. Where was this 20 years ago when I was doing basic desktop administration? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, life would have been so much easier, wouldn't it? Have been? No more walking around with a floppy disk. <laughs> oh, I remember those days. <laughs> was it the three and a half or the five and a quarter? <laughs> We'll leave that one for the imagination of the listener. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and extending that, our latest addition to our solutions is what we call cloud deployment automation. Uh, we just added this to our repository, and it's very similar to what I described for CSD mm -hmm. in that you're ordering, you're placing an order, putting your cart and placing order. 
But here, the software is not deployed onto your device like your laptop, but you're deploying a software stack into the cloud, like AWS, for instance. Oh, okay. So we're really excited about that, and we think that's going to be a real hit with our customers. So you could stand up a, a virtual machine with everything installed on it, just straight up. Yeah. Somebody says, hey, I need a new dev web server or something. There it goes. Okay, neat. Yeah, you define what that stack is going to be, and then it would be available in your catalog, and you would place the order just like you would anything else. Now, didn't we have the ability for people to build that before, or, and now this is a configurable solution? Is that the difference between yesterday and today? Well, it's certainly uh, available from all these uh, AWS uh, cer it certainly provides that ability. Mm -hmm. But here, you're able to do it from ServiceNow. Uh, if you're using ServiceNow as your system of engagement, uh, if you're tracking usage and compliance from ServiceNow, uh, it enables our customers to do it right from ServiceNow rather than having to go to a separate tool to do that. And what is Beyond Solutions? Because that sounds like a pretty complete package. Well, it is pretty complete, but I have one more to share with you. But wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> it's, it's now an infomercial, thanks. <laughs> That's right. There's always more, Chuck. We have embedded solutions. So if you take our automation engine, mm -hmm. many times that automation engine and the three products that I mentioned that comprise it are embedded with our ServiceNow offerings. So customers barely see it. It's just there as part of that end product that we offer from ServiceNow. So to give you an example, we have HR service delivery, okay. which is one of our offerings within our employee workflows. And it offers integration with uh, Microsoft Active Directory. Mm -hmm. And it's using Integration Hub for that solution. But customers don't have to go and get Integration Hub separately. They don't have to pay for Integration Hub. It's just part of that solution. ServiceNow customers that are using Azure Active Directory for their identity management, and they're using HR service delivery, they can use this capability for, for instance, for efficient onboarding of employees. So say when I joined ServiceNow four months ago, I needed to have the right set of roles and access to certain systems. You can automate that from HR service delivery, calling into uh, Azure AD to provide the roles and entitlements that I need for my job. We got to get that really soon here. Yeah, we we do have a lot of things automated here. We just don't have everything automated. Like most other organizations, it's very dynamic. Processes change, people change. You gotta you gotta be able to keep up. So yes, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. I think we experience the same uh, things that our customers experience in terms of automating as much as possible, but there are certain areas that we still haven't gotten to that we need to still get to. And that's what our customers are facing. They want to automate as much as possible, yeah. but inevitably there's always going to be those things that they still haven't been able to quite get to, but hopefully it's in their roadmap and hopefully automation engine will help them get there. We're customer zero. We, we feel your pain. That's right. <laughs> that's right. We absolutely do. <laughs> Now, I know that many of our listeners are working for partners, and thank you very much to all of our wonderful partners. What is something that our partner listeners should know about? So partners that are part of our so-called TPP program, uh, they actually have the ability to contribute to our store. So you can go, anybody can go to store.servicenow.com. 
there is a link there for integrations. And you will actually see on the left side, there is a filter that will talk about the categories that I mentioned, spokes, flow templates, and solutions. And you'll also see that there is another filter for partners and ServiceNow. So if you click on partners, you will see all the content that partners have provided. And so if you're a partner out there and you haven't contributed, you have that ability to contribute spokes or flow templates or solutions uh, as a way to uh, help you gain traction with uh, the customers that you're serving using ServiceNow. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean that's your primary source of income, that's your primary product. A lot of our partners put out information as almost lead generation or value add to say, hey, this is a capability we can do. Here's an example in the store. And it, it, it turns out very well for them. Oh, yeah. I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. And it really could span the gamut. I've been talking with one partner that is on one side of the gamut. Their entire business, yep. entire business is selling the apps solutions that they provide in our store. They have 39 apps. That's it. That's their whole business built on ServiceNow. And then we have other partners that are looking to leverage ServiceNow to service their customers. And yes, it, that this is a good inroads to say, hey, we have the expertise. We provided this spoke or template or solution, and we can help you build out your integrations with ServiceNow, leveraging the content that that we have available. So yeah, absolutely. It's it's really could be one or the other, and many of our partners actually fall in between those. Well, thank you, thank you. Uh, now it's time for my favorite question for all the product managers. What's on the roadmap for Automation Engine? Safe Harbor, safe harbor. Okay. Well, Automation Engine number one, I mentioned the three components that comprise Automation Engine, Integration Hub, RPA, and Document Intelligence. Mm -hmm. You're going to see more and more of those products converging. Hmm. Uh, there is some there is some convergence there. There is some convergence today. They do come together with Flow Designer, mm -hmm. but there is uh, additional work that's going on to make them more closely aligned in terms of how do you develop a bot in RPA versus how do you develop content for Integration Hub. Those are going to converge. And we're also going to be developing more templates and solutions that combine those three components. Because we know, and we've heard from customers, hey, we need Integration Hub, we need RPA, we need Doc and Tell. We need all three of those to give us a the integration solutions that we need. And so we're going to be coming up with more of those targeted templates and solutions that, that combine those, those, those three components of Automation Engine. But I would say the most important thing is our customers. We listen to our customers as product managers. We're always in contact with customers. And when we hear that there are use cases that span multiple customers, that clicks off the light bulb for us and say, hey, we need to provide that out of the box. Yeah, We have too many customers trying to do X. Let's provide them with X so that uh, our customers don't have to reinvent the wheel. And that's what I would say is true for uh, all of our customers developing these solutions. If you're a developer, don't reinvent the wheel. First thing you want to do when you're trying to build one of these integrations, take a look at what we have in the store. Chances are that we have 
some artifacts that are going to help you build that solution, whether it be one or more spokes or templates or solutions. It's more important to be able to develop that solution as quickly as possible and with the highest quality than to invent it yourself. That gets into the follow-up question, and I can hear at least a half a dozen people in my head who have asked this in the past. Do we have some kind of published roadmap of things we're working on so that they don't go and say, I need that meetup.com spoke, and then they go and build it, and two months later we go, hey, guess what we just released at the store? And they go, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, we do, first of all, uh, have some content that we are making available for our Utah release that will give our customers visibility into what to expect in early next year. Uh, And shortly thereafter, we'll be sharing information about our uh, fall release, which will be Vancouver, and even our Washington release, which will release, when is that? Uh, I guess uh, sometime in early 2024. Wow. <laughs> it's like, yeah. blink, blink <laughs> twice and it's 2024. I know. I, I also have to appreciate that the customers are going, wait, I just got to San Diego. You know, so, yeah, there's a whole <laughs> spread of, you know, there's a big spectrum of who's working on what here. Well, it's pretty exciting that we're so close to the end of the alphabet. I mean, this is really I don't know what happens after that, but <laughs> Neither do I. Nobody it's going to be, it's gonna be great. <laughs> there's, apparently, there's a committee out somewhere trying to figure that out. <laughs> I have some ideas that would... Good luck to them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any words of advice for our listeners, our developer listeners that are out there? I would say that as you're looking at ServiceNow, in particular, developing your integrations with ServiceNow, Be prudent. Make sure that you understand what ServiceNow is making available. When you look at our spokes, make sure you understand whether there are one or more spokes that you could take advantage of. When you look at our flow templates, make sure that you understand whether there is a flow template that is similar to what you're trying to build. And the same for solutions. Now, in some cases, you might have to build your own. In that case, go ahead and build your own spoke and integrate that. But I would advise everybody looking to build these types of integrations, whether it's with Integration Hub or RPA or Docintel or some combination thereof, do check and see what is available from ServiceNow as well as from our partner community. I'm going to and that. Yes, and. You can see, test, and work with many of these right from your personal developer instance. So if you don't have a PDI yet, developer.servicenow.com, you log in, you can go to the manage screen on the developer portal and say, I want to turn on Integration Hub if it's not already on and start experimenting. Even to the point of, this is something that, that was ingrained to me when I first started on ServiceNow. Look at the standard examples, the preloaded data that comes with it, and learn from that, right down to naming standards. The way you name your actions, if you are to build your own spoke, the way you name your actions can have a huge impact as to how well they're consumed, how they appear in the menu. Are you consistent with the way that other actions are named? How does Jira get records? How do they save? How do they update? What are the names? What are the parameters? And that can help you build out your own. So look at those pre-built solutions. Uh, if if you don't have what you're looking for and you say, oh, yep, I'm going to have to build my own, look at those towards examples. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, naming is is certainly very important. It's something that we take seriously when we're naming uh, our actions within our spoke or even our templates or solutions because uh, we don't want our naming to be confusing. I think one of the things that we always <laughs> stumble on are acronyms. We have so many acronyms. Oh, my goodness. And, and that's why, like, when I was describing our client software distribution, I mentioned CSD, but I didn't start with that because if I say CSD, I don't even know, Chuck, if, if you would have known what CSD. I think I take that in my every morning for my medical package. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. I don't know what you're taking, but that's another that's another uh, discussion. Doctor said 20 milligrams <laughs> of CSD every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, give me some of that. <laughs> but I think I think acronyms can get overloaded a little bit too much, and you want to stay away from that. Uh, because you might know what uh, an acronym stands for, but maybe the person even in the next cubicle, they might not be able to relate to that. So naming is is really important to make it easier for the next person that's trying to leverage your artifacts for them to understand what it is that that, that they're leveraging. Good point. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Michael. Before we leave, can you let the listener know how to get in touch with you? Should, the, should they want to build a spoke that's already in development by ServiceNow? Oh, yeah, sure. You can reach me at michael.miner at servicenow.com. Always happy to hear from customers. That is our, you, our customer, are our best source of information. So do feel free to reach out to me. And I'll have links in the notes, on the podcast, in the blog entry, so shouldn't have any problem finding that. Well, thank you, wonderful listener, for joining us today. Don't forget to check out the other ServiceNow podcasts. You can find them all on the community under the resources menu, community.servicenow.com, or if you prefer, servicenow.com slash podcast will also bring you there. You can subscribe to this or any of them to get them automatically delivered to you. Breakpoint is brought to you by ServiceNow. I am the executive producer, Chuck Tomasi. The video and captions are done by my colleague, Earl Duquet. And to find out more about the ServiceNow developer program, already mentioned link, head over to developer.servicenow.com. And thank you so much, Michael, for sharing with us today. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening. This episode's guest brings some light to the pre-built option. And I say that with the utmost respect. I should remind you one more thing, Michael, before I continue. Take two on that welcome. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and of course, all the curious avengers. I love it. These are the things you don't see behind the scenes when you listen to one of your podcasts. It's great. Well, hopefully we can get through the intro in the next 30 minutes. That was just practice. Okay. I wasn't sure if we started it. This is why we have outtakes at the end of the show, too. You know, we want to kind of conclude this within the hour. Anything to add to that? Yeah, maybe we throw that out. <laughs> Yeah, I was a little quick. I was like, whoa. Boom. Done. Oh, yeah. You think so? All right.